From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Very first episode of 2022 of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike De Niro. And before we get into the Super Stack Show today, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We are riding high into this new year, 2022, and we got a whole lot to talk about. But before we get into all that, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Make sure you follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Lots of cool shit coming to the YouTube channel. I love you guys. I have the best fans from all over the world. New Zealand, Australia, Germany, China, fucking Philippines, Cambodia, Mexico, the UK. Yo, it goes on and on and on. Thank you so much for everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Without you, there is no us. We have, as always, a super stacked show for you today. We're going to be talking all about last week's AEW. We're going to be talking about WWE Day 1. And of course, like we do every Monday, we're going back in time. We're strapping up the seatbelts to the Wrestling DeLorean. And we're going all the way back to 1996 as we discuss the King of the Ring 1996. That'll be a part of the show later. But without further ado, let's get into this Super Stack show right now. Thank you, everybody, for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I hope everyone had a great New Year's. I hope everyone had a safe New Year's and was responsible with all the alcohol flow. But I also hope that everybody is positive into this new year and ready to rise because it's a new year, a new start, and it's time for all of us to prosper at our dreams. It's time for all of us to make that money, and it's time for all of us to live the life that we always want to live. So if you haven't already, get off your ass and go live your dreams. That's all you should be worried about in 2022. Go live your dreams. Because time is flying and before you know it, it may be too late. So why not start now? Ladies and gentlemen, my dream is to be a podcaster. My dream is to be a rap artist. And I do both. If you don't think I can rap, I'm going to lay some bars for you right now. I said, I said, I, nah, if you want to hear me rap, check out the Lords of Gotham. You'll hear me rap. Follow us at Lords underscore of underscore Gotham. But we're not here to rap. 
We're not here to talk music. We're here to talk professional wrestling. Now, I did a year-end special, a award show on New Year's Eve, so I did not talk about AEW Dynamite from past Wednesday. Before I get into AEW Dynamite, before I talk about WWE Day 1, and before I go back in time and talk about King of the Ring, I got, got, got to be talking about this whole situation with Tony Khan and Big Swole. It is the talk of the wrestling world right now. Is Tony Khan a racist? Is Tony Khan ignorant? There's a lot to be said. For those who don't know, Big Swole is no longer with AEW. It seemed like at first it was an amicable release. It seemed like both parties, AEW and Big Swole, came to the agreement that they will not be renewing her contract. And I thought that there was some respect there. Well, Big Swole, she had an interview talking about the situation, and she discussed the lack of diversity in AEW. Diversity at the top, I mean. You cannot deny the fact that there is diversity. There is inclusion in AEW. She's talking about at the top. She's talking about how when her daughter watches AEW, She doesn't see no one that looks like her at the top. And this has been something that people talked about for a while now. People have been saying this for a while. For all the great signings and great wrestlers in AEW, there's very little diversity at the top in that main event scene. Now, yes... No one is saying that there is no black people in AEW. No one's saying that there is no Hispanics or no minorities in AEW. But Tony Khan took it that way. Tony Khan put out a tweet. Now, I'm going to read you said tweet. And I want you to ask yourself, is Tony Khan just defending his company? Or does Tony Khan come off insensitive and ignorant? So the tweet was on New Year's Eve in response to Big Swole saying about the lack of diversity in AEW. Tony Khan tweeted, quote, the top two AEW execs are brown, me and Mega. Is that how you say it? Mega? Then he goes on to say Jade, Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, Marquen, all won on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AEW Rampage. Street fight tonight. Let's dissect that a little bit. You felt the need to defend the diversity of your roster. And your your booking decision making. You mention a lot of minorities in this tweet. And I don't think it came off the right way. I don't think you look good, Tony Khan, when you just start name dropping black wrestlers because you want to prove that you got diversity in your roster. It's like when you have 
someone saying, and don't take this the wrong way, in no way do I think Tony Khan is a racist. But it's like when you say, I'm not racist. My sister's boyfriend is black. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. That doesn't... That, that, that doesn't look good. You're mentioning black wrestlers' names to prove a point. Then you go on and you say that Big Swole wasn't good enough. I am sorry, Tony Khan, but when was the last time you stepped into the ring? That is very disrespectful one immature two and unprofessional three first of all I'm not mad at Tony for defending his company it's how he defended it I in no way think that Tony Khan is racist but what Big Swole said was there was a lack of diversity at the top. And it's true. A a, a few examples of this is people like Jay Lethal, who could be a main event star, getting signed, getting the big pop in circumstances, but he hasn't been seen on TV since his debut match. He's been on YouTube. Scorpio Sky, who pinned Chris Jericho twice, you would think would take that next step. He won the brass ring thing, whatever you call the shit. You would think he would take that next step. Then you throw him in a random tag team. I I understand where Big Swole is coming from. Now, I did not think that Big Swole was the best wrestler in the world. She had her sloppiness. And I'm not trying to disrespect Big Swole. But for you to come out and just say, I didn't think she was good enough. Even if that is your true feelings. It did not need to be displayed on a public forum. It did not need to be brought to the public. You know how... Tony Khan should have responded if he felt the need to respond. And I know this is going to sound very media trained, but the best thing Tony Khan should have said was in response to Big Swole's comments here at AEW, we value diversity and prioritize having an all inclusive environment. Bro, you are a billionaire. You run a multi-million dollar company. You are on national broadcast television. You got to be more professional. I don't think you're racist. I think you're unprofessional. I don't think that you're racist. I think you're too emotional. When the WWE goes out of their way to counter broadcast and counter 
act your television product and you want to put out something because you're mad, that's fine. When you are no longer doing business with the wrestlers, so you go bad enough them on Twitter, that's not fine. You got in your emotions a little bit. And you let your emotions get the best of you. And there is nobody on the side of you telling you what is right or wrong and what you should be saying. Instead, you go out of your way and say something in response without really understanding what Swole was saying. Big Swole did not say that there's no diversity in AEW. She didn't say black people don't win matches. So your fucking tweet about Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy winning matches, that has nothing to do with what she's saying. You're deflecting. You're deflecting. Because you don't have an argument to make. So when you don't know what to say, don't say nothing because you're going to come off ignorant. You're going to come off stupid. And that's it. Tony Khan had every right to defend his company. It's how you do it. Tony Khan had every right to say, hey, no, I do value minorities in this company. I do value all inclusivity. But Tony Khan didn't need to go out there and say Big Swole sucked, basically. Tony Khan didn't need to go out there and use a tweet to promote Rampage by name dropping a bunch of minorities and saying, oh, look, they, they went on TV this week, so, so, so she's lying. And that's it. You know, a lot of people chimed in about this. A lot of people. Powerhouse Hobbs, Jade Cargill, Hikaru Shida. They're, they're on Tony's side. You know, you had Leo Rush, who he he felt that Tony Khan should apologize. And here's the thing. I like Tony. I, I like Tony a whole lot more than I like Vince McMahon. I like Tony a whole lot more than I like other wrestling executives. Because Tony's relatable. Tony's a fan, just like us. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, they listen because you are fans of professional wrestling. Tony Khan is a fan. Tony Khan was at the ECW arena during ECW's heyday. Tony Khan could pick a wrestler's name out of the hat and could fucking pinpoint matches that they had in fucking 1992. He could tell you the exact time of the match, like... Tony Khan is a wrestling nerd. Guess what? I'm a wrestling nerd. I am a wrestling encyclopedia. I am a geek. Tony Khan is relatable. But at some point, you got to take your fandom out of it and say, hey, I run a multi-million dollar business. I cannot act like a man-child. I got to be professional. 
when someone who no longer works for your company talks shit about your company, it should not affect you because she's not there anymore. So why are you getting your fucking panties in a bunch, going on fucking Twitter, talking shit, saying she sucked, and we... What are you talking about? Why does everybody's opinion affect you? And by you deflecting, you seem guilty. But let's talk about AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite... Live from Daly's place. Pretty good show. Last show of the year, last Dynamite on TNT, we had the debut of Kyle O'Reilly wrestling in the main event, along with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. They go against the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Orange Cassidy. Amazing main event. On this show, we saw the return of good old JR. Awesome to see him back. This was a really good episode of Dynamite. Set the stage perfectly for the TBS debut this week. This is going to be a super stacked show on TBS this week. You're going to have a lot of fucking title matches. You're going to have the TBS tournament finals where we're going to crown a TBS champion between Jay Cargill and Ruby Soho. For the love of God, I hope that Jay Cargill wins. But then again, people are going to say that Tony Khan only did that because of the fucking shit with Big Swole. But Jay Cargill is a star. Like her or hate her, you could say she's green, but guess what? She just started. And she already has that star presence. She's decent in the ring. Let's see what she could do if she runs with the title. Because you got to figure that Britt Baker's going to hold on to the women's title a little longer. She's probably going to lose it to Thunder Rosa, in my opinion. So, Jake Cargill may not be in the running for the world title, like, for at least another half a year. So, let her run with this title. Because right now, Jake Cargill's ready to take it to the next level. Let's see what she could do. You got the AEW tag team titles on the line. You have the Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express. That should be a great match. It's been built up for a long time. We saw some beef between the Lucha Brothers and the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage not working together well in the opening matchup on this episode of Dynamite. Little mishaps between Pentagon Jr. and Christian Cage. I'm excited for that match. That match should be good. You have Brian Pillman Jr. who had a hell of a promo. Brian Pillman Jr. never sounded better than this promo on AEW Dynamite. The guy actually sounds like he cares. You, I don't know why he didn't have this fire against MJF. You had MJF call his mother a meth head. You had MJF talk shit about his dead father. And Brian Pillman Jr. did not have the same fire than having fucking Griff Garrison get his head knocked off by uh, fucking Black Mass. But hey, whatever. As long as he has the fire now. I'm excited to see Brian Pillman Jr. versus Malachi Black. In the main event, you got the rematch. For the World Heavyweight title, you have Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page. If the match goes to another hour, you're going to have judges there. I don't think it will go to an hour because there's a lot of matches booked for the show and there's no way you cram all those matches in one hour by having one match go an hour. So you have to have this match go a little shorter. A little shorter. We don't need another draw. And I don't think Brian Danielson should have another draw. You've only been here for a few months, bro, and you already have three draws. Like, it's going to get tired. 
as good as the match is, we want outcomes. We need outcomes. So we we can't have another draw. So big super stacked show for AEW on CBS this week. And then upcoming this Saturday, we're going to have AEW Battle for the Belts. And the only match so far signed is Britt Baker versus Riho. So I hope that they sign a lot more matches for that show because it's supposed to be a Saturday night special. Right now, it ain't sounding too special. Just saying. Sounds pretty typical. Big show, one match signed is this week. What the fuck? Anyway, good episode of Dynamite. Give it a three and a half out of five stars. End of the year all strong. That, 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 that trio's match in the main event was phenomenal. I fucked with it heavy, bro. I like the dissension between the Undisputed Error and the Young Bucks and who's Adam Cole going to sign with. Pretty cool stuff. Let's talk about WWE Day 1. A match that I looked forward to so much here on Day 1 was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, but it was announced before the show that Roman Reigns did test positive for COVID. So thoughts and prayers with Roman Reigns. We all know that he is immune compromised, so... Really praying hard for Roman, and I hope you have a speedy recovery, bro. Brock Lesnar was then put in the main event, turning the four-way between Big E, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley to a five-way by adding Brock Lesnar. And instantly, I got excited because I was like, we're finally going to see Brock Lesnar interact with Bobby Lashley. That's all I needed to know. I was hyped for the fucking matchup. That's all I wanted. Bobby and Brock. I'm hyped. But anyway, good show. Definitely a good show. Definitely a good show. First matchup of the night, the Usos beat the New Day. It was a really good matchup. Great way to start it off. We had Madcap versus Drew. That's all I'm going to say about that. Street Profits versus Rated R. Why do I keep calling them Rated RK, bro? Just RK, bro. Why is it Rated? Uh, this ain't Rated RKO. Like, this ain't Edge and Rainy. Anyway, Rated... Fuck, I said it again. What the freak is wrong with me? Yo, I'm not even going to edit this out. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to edit it out. I am the most unprofessional professional podcaster. I'm sorry. Anyway, we got RK, bro, with the Migos. Versus the Street Profits. And this was a very fun matchup. These two teams matched really well. This was high intensity, high action. And I really did enjoy this. We had Edge versus The Miz. And my prediction came true. I thought everyone saw this coming with a fucking... You know, you didn't need to be smart to see this coming. You could be deaf, blind, and dumb and fucking see that this was coming. But we had Beth Phoenix return. Beth Phoenix came out, helped Edge win the matchup. She compromised Maurice. And I am sure at the Royal Rumble, we're probably going to see a mixed tag match between Beth and Edge versus Maurice and The Miz. But definitely a decent matchup. Edge and The Miz, really good matchup. Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch was a great matchup. Now, this was a matchup I was really looking forward to on the show. And I got to say... Liv Morgan did phenomenal. And about two episodes ago, the episode called Can Morgan Live Up to the Hype? I talked about Liv Morgan 
most likely will not be winning this matchup. If she does, it will be one hell of a win for her and one hell of a surprise and well-deserved. But if she does not win in this matchup, it is her duty to look good in defeat. And boy, did she look good in defeat. And I am not talking about looks-wise. I'm not trying to be, you know, over here saying misogynistic shit. I don't mean her looks. Liv Morgan is a very attractive woman, but I am not talking about her looks. I am talking about looking good in the ring. She looked great in the ring. And in defeat, gained a lot of sympathy. She gained a lot of people saying, yo, I want to see Liv get the title. Shit, this is the second time she lost to Becky, and I wouldn't be mad if she gets a third shot, but not right away. I would have Liv, you know, maybe not win the Royal Rumble, but definitely have a good showing in the Royal Rumble and then give her a matchup at Elimination Chamber. Or, you know, give her a matchup, give her one more shot. I don't think we get Liv and Becky at WrestleMania. I think most likely we get Bianca and Becky at WrestleMania in the rematch. Bianca gets her title back. But, yo, this is everything I talked about. I called it. Liv Morgan is a bigger star now in defeat than what she was before this matchup with Becky Lynch here at day one. Big shout out to Liv Morgan. Main event, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Big E. This matchup was an absolute sprint, and they went balls to the wall from the time the bell rang. I... Got my wish. I got to see the interactions between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. And I got to say, I am excited to see them mix it up again. We got a little taste. We got a little taste. What we got was when you are making the sauce, and before the sauce is done, you take that little spoon, taste that shit. And you're like, mmm, the sauce tastes good. I can't wait for this shit to be done. The sauce is coming out good. That's what we got. We got a little taste. And I, I got to think that they're building up to a Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar match at the Royal Rumble. Now, I don't know how the Royal Rumble plays into this, but... I do think that we still get Roman and Brock at WrestleMania. Unless we get a unification match at the Rumble between Brock and Roman. And then the winner of the Royal Rumble goes on to WrestleMania to go against Roman or Brock for both titles. But it's going to be interesting to see how they play this out now because if you have a... Brock versus Roman match at Mania, and it's a title unification match at Mania, what does the winner of the Royal Rumble get? Unless you get a triple threat between Brock, Roman, and the Rumble winner for both titles, but I don't think they do that. So a lot of people right now are speculating Brock versus Roman at Mania for both titles. I think you do Brock versus Roman at the Rumble. And then Roman 
or Brock versus the winner of the Rumble at Mania. Speaking of the Rumble, the Rumble's next. And usually you can see the trajectory of a wrestler before Mania, I mean before the Rumble, starts to rise in stock. And you can say, oh, well, he's a favorite to win the Royal Rumble. I think what makes the Royal Rumble fun this year is there's nobody who right now jumps off at the page. Right now, there's nobody who I say, oh, well, you know, he's a favorite. I mean, I was thinking Drew, but now it's reported that Drew McIntyre is injured. That's why he was written off with the attack backstage between Drew and Madcap and uh, Happy Corbin. I mean, personally, if I'm booking Brock and Roman at the Rumble in a title unification match, Roman wins. And if we go... Roman versus the winner of the Rumble. And Drew could be back in time. I would think it would be Drew McIntyre winning the Rumble for the second time and then main eventing against Roman. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it could be anybody. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Anyway, day one was a good show. I, oh man, I don't know. The main event was good. The action was phenomenal. I like that we might be getting Bobby versus Brock one-on-one. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. There's your guy who stands out. Maybe Bobby Lashley wins the Rumble. Now think about that main event. Bobby Lashley. Say you go to Triple Threat and you want to do a title unification match at Mania. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. They could take my money right now. But. Wait, isn't Mania two days this year? Mania is two days this year. Fuck all that. Yo, you could have Roman versus Brock in a unification match day one. And then have the Royal Rumble winner versus the winner of Roman and Brock day two. Damn, I, I forgot about all that. Forget the last ten minutes. That, that solves that fucking puzzle. Anyway. Definitely a good show. Upset to see Big E no longer champion. You know, it seems like every time a member of the New Day wins the title, the kryptonite known as Brock Lesnar comes and snatches it right from him. Sucks, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I think that Big E definitely should have had a little longer of a title reign. The guy was doing good as a champion. I I know there's a lot of shit online about people turning on Big E's title reign, but guess what? Big E was a good champion, and Big E deserved to be champion. So if you hating on that, then, I mean, I don't know. Like, to, to, to quote Jay-Z, if you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. But anyway, good show from day one. I'm excited to see the road to the Rumble and the road to WrestleMania. Shit's about to heat up in the WWE, so definitely excited for that. Speaking of heating up in the WWE, things started to heat up in the WWE in 1996 at the King of the Ring. And we're going to be talking all about that right now. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hit the music. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fight for Monday Night. Like we do every Monday, we end the episode talking about old-school WWE, Monday Night Raw, and every pay-per-view in this era. And we are now up to the King of the Ring 1996. This show really felt like a turning point. This felt like a precursor to the Attitude Era, which it was. We have the birth of Austin 316. We have the debut of Pillman. We got Mankind versus Undertaker for the first time ever. Great show. We're about to get all into it right now, so let's talk about it. WWF, King of the Ring, 1996. The show is live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Owen Hart's going to join Jim Ross and Vince McMahon on commentary. Love the crown above the ring. Love the, uh, the doors for the entranceway. Really, really dope. Semi-final matchup. Starts off the show. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Wild Man Mark Miro. This was a really good back and forth. I just want to say this show, well, this matchup was very nostalgic. You know, back in the day, I went to a WWF show when I was like three, four years old. Maybe four. Maybe five. No, it was four, 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 four. So I went and at the merch table, my mom bought me a tape. It was called Cuz Stone Cold Said So. Now, this was a tape where Stone Cold was talking about his career up until that point, and it was very kayfabe. It was Steve Austin, the character, talking about his career, and it was a lot of great moments, but they showed this matchup, and in their, in the tape, Stone Cold does like commentary over this matchup, and it brought me back to that. It was definitely nostalgic and definitely felt good to go back to that time period. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin busted up his lip and his tongue in this match. He would later on need stitches. But in the end, after the Stone Cold Stunner, Stone Cold Steve Austin beats Wildman Mark Miro. And he goes on to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. Next up on the show, we got a Jake Roberts promo. Jake Roberts is basically talking that this is his redemption story. He never thought he'd make it this far. He never thought that he would be in the King of the Ring tournament semifinals. But tonight, it's him versus Vader. And he has one hell of a fucking opponent in front of him. But just like he overcame drug addiction and alcohol, he's going to overcome the odds of Vader. That brings us to the second semifinal matchup. We got Vader versus Jake the Snake Roberts. A little lame the way this ended. Jake the Snake Roberts puts on a DDT on Vader, but Vader hit the referee on the way down. It looked accidental, but they try to claim that it was on purpose. So Vader gets disqualified, and Jake the Snake goes on to the main event. He is not the main event, but the finals of the King of the Ring tournament by a technicality, by a DQ. Vader attacks Jake Roberts after the match, injuring Jake Roberts' ribs. Next, we got the Godwins versus the Smoking Guns. Smoking Guns win the matchup. Sonny was in the Godwins' corner. This was a whatever. Jim Cornette's backstage with the British Bulldog, and he's cutting a promo on HBK. Mr. Perfect definitely seemed like he was in the pockets of Jim Cornette by being in the same locker room during his promo. We next get Jerry the King Lawler versus the Ultimate Warrior. King comes out, he cuts a promo on the uh, throne, he cuts the promo on the King of the Ring, he berates the crowd, definitely going in on them. Ultimate Warrior comes out and makes quick work of the King, he absolutely destroys Jerry the King Lawler, Ultimate Warrior goes on with the victory, right? We got a promo by Gorilla Monsoon, he says that he's going to let Jake the Snake Roberts in the tournament, and he's going to let him wrestle in the main event, because Jake is not going to say no, but he's going to be smart, and he's not going to endanger Jake the Snake Roberts. If he cannot go on in this matchup, he's not going to make him go on. We then get the very first ever matchup between Mankind and The Undertaker. And from the jump, these guys had great, great chemistry. Paul Bearer comes out. Undertaker's not with him. Undertaker comes from behind. He dives on Mankind. Like I said, great chemistry between these guys. Just instantly, they seem like natural rivals. They just gelled. They went together like... Like like peanut butter and jelly. In the end, though, Paul Bear accidentally hits Undertaker with the urn. Mankind puts the mandible claw on Undertaker, and Taker goes unconscious. This is a huge victory for Mankind. Undertaker, at this point, six years in the company's already established main eventer, former world heavyweight champion. He's the guy, he's like the phenom that can't be stopped at this point. And a relatively newcomer, Mick Foley, Mankind, comes in. And he beats Undertaker. Not only beats him, but with a submission hold. So you already know that this is going to set up for big, big things. So I am really excited to see this play out. I think that this was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. Mr. Perfect cuts a promo. He says that he's going to cut it right down the middle. Shawn Michaels interrupts and says, you better cut it right down the middle or you're going to have to, you know, deal with me. We next get Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson for the IC title. Goldust uses the steps on Ahmed Johnson. This was a pretty big brawl. There was some sloppiness with Ahmed, but it was a good matchup. In the end, Ahmed Johnson is your new IC champion. He beats Goldust. We next get Brian Pillman. He comes out. He's on crutches. This is after his motorcycle accident. He's being interviewed by Jim Ross. He says that he don't give a damn about his family. He don't give a damn about anybody. And then he says 
that Jeffrey Dahmer came from this town and he could relate to him because if he lived here, he would want to destroy it, the whole town too. He calls Ross a stupid son of a bitch. Then he curses on air. He says that I'm Brian fucking Pillman and I do whatever I want to do. This is edgy as fuck because at this point, the WWF was still very clean and polished. This is still a kid-friendly show. And you got Brian Pillman coming here saying, I'm Brian fucking Pillman. He says that no one in the WWF is safe and no one has the guts to stop him. He says that he is the leader of the new generation and he's going to rape, pillar, and plumber the whole entire federation. Like I said, this is edgy and I love where we're going with this shit. This shit is awesome. After this, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out for his King of the Ring finals match. And there is a quick passing with Pillman where they make eye contact. If you don't know the history, Brian Pillman and Stone Cold Steve Austin were a team in WCW, the Hollywood Blondes. Stunning Steve and Brian Pillman were a tag team. First time they're in the same company for a couple years here and they see eye contact here. And it's not like the WWE to even Easter egg reference other companies like this. So this was pretty cool that they did that. King of the Ring finals. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And Stone Cold Steve Austin jumpstarts the match. Steve Austin has 16 stitches in his mouth. But he is beating the ever-loving shit out of Jake the Snake Roberts. Who, by the way, in modern time, just announced that he has COVID. Jake the Snake. Quick recovery. Prayers. You know what I mean? Definitely. Jake the Snake's a legend. Gorilla Monsoon comes out. Jake wants to continue. But Stone Cold Steve Austin continues the attack. Hits the Stone Cold Stunner. One, two, three. And we have a new king of the ring. And it is Stone Cold Steve Austin. This leads to the historic, historic, historic moment where Stone Cold Steve Austin cuts his famous Austin 316 promo. This whole show, like I said, it feels like a new beginning. This, this is such a classic moment. Stone Cold Steve Austin cutting his, you know, you talk about your Psalms, you talk about John 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. You know what I mean? He does that whole Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, because Stone Cold said so shit. I can't even do this promo justice. So I'm going to do something that I don't usually do here on the Wrestling DeLorean. I'm going to play the clip of the promo because it is one of the most historic promos of all time. I cannot do it justice. So I'm just going to play it for you. So here it is. The fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. 
As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davy Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Obviously, anything but humble, the fourth prestigious king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I could never do that justice by just fucking talking about it. What a promo, man. Probably top five my favorite promos of all time. Probably top three my favorite promos of all time. That shit gave me chills just re-listening to it. Yo, definitely Stone Cold Steve Austin is the fucking man. Anyway, main event time. WWF Championship match. Mr. Perfect comes out to be the referee of the main event. Shawn Michaels versus British Bulldog. Before the matchup starts, Gorilla Monsoon comes out and says that the rules... He ruled that Mr. Perfect could be the ref, but he's also going to rule that Mr. Perfect is the ref outside and Errol Hebner will be the ref inside. Matchup goes on. It's a pretty good matchup. Good back and forth. Got a lot of time. In the end, HBK Shawn Michaels picks up the victory with the super kick. Sweet chin music. After the match, Owen Hart, who was on commentary, jumps into the ring. Him and the British Bulldog start to jump HBK. Odd Man Johnson makes the save. He evens the odds, but not for long because out comes Vader. Vader's starting to help. Uh, Owen and British Bulldog jump Sean and Ahmed Johnson. And then out comes the Ultimate Warrior to make the save. Ultimate Warrior clears house. And the show goes off the air with Shawn Michaels, Ultimate Warrior, and Ahmed Johnson standing tall in the ring. This was a really good show. Like I said, this show, it was the start of a new era in the WWE. Now, this ain't quite the attitude error, but there's a lot of attitude being sprinkled into the show. This ain't Mantar. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is Brian Pillman. This is good shit right here. Go out of your way to see King of the Ring 1996 because it was one hell of a show. I give King of the Ring 1996 a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Phenomenal. The reason why I don't give it 5 stars is because some matches I thought were a little filler. Godwins versus Smoking Guns was eh. King versus Ultimate Warrior was eh. And Ahmed Johnson versus Goldust was aight. But the Pillman promo, the Austin historic promo and winning the King of the Ring, him versus uh, both Jake the Snake and Wildman Mark Merrill was great. Main event was great. Mankind versus The Undertaker was great. What a great, great, great show. I plan on having another great show to talk about on Wednesday, because tomorrow we have one hell of a show for NXT New Year's Evil featuring the stars of the main roster and the stars of NXT. We have an NXT title match, Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa. We have a three-way for the NXT women's title as Raquel Gonzalez goes against uh, Cora Jade and goes against Mandy Rose. We have... AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. We have the team of MSK and Matt Riddle versus Imperium and Walter. Just a super stack show. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't even forget the title unification match between Roderick Strong, the Cruiserweight champion, and the North American champion, Carmelo Hayes. That's going to be a banger. And make sure to tune into Monday Night Raw because this should be the start of a very interesting time period for WWE. Great show. Like I talked about, day one was really good. So I'm tuning into Raw. I'll tell you all about it on Wednesday's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So make sure you tune in. 
for all the news, latest updates, and all that good shit, you're going to have to follow me on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. For visuals of the podcast, make sure you follow on YouTube at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And I hope everyone has a great week. I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I will catch you here on Wednesday. One love. Stay safe. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 